game uh, the price is right the price is right and the one thing that and my, my mother-in-law loves that show I only watch it usually when I go home and she's watching it religiously every day and you would think that she's there that's the funny thing you, you think that she's right there because the, the show draws you in doesn't it where, I mean, you're so excited about the contestants and you want to make sure that they uh, uh, price things right and all that. You know, I mean, it really draws you in. But you know what's great about the show? It's not so much, it's not so much that they can win a boat or a car or an exotic vacation. It's when they say, come on down. <laughs> in the excitement that's generated in the contestants that are picked, they don't know whether they're going to be picked or not. The excitement and the and anticipation, they don't even want anything. They haven't won anything, but the anticipation of what they might win. That's enough to get them dancing around, shouting, screaming. I mean, they just go crazy just because their name has been picked. And they said, come on down, come on down. Say that, come on down. <laughs> and do you not know Sandra Christmas? Many of you know her. She's a leader in this church. Two or three years ago, she went and she was on the set and they called Sandra Christmas's name. And Sandra went there and she did the Holy Ghost jig. She was doing this. <laughs> the Holy Ghost jig, again, anticipating what she might be able to win. Amen. And I sense this year in 2024, it's hard to even, for those, uh, uh, Words to roll off my lips. I can remember back in the day when, when we thought of 2025, we thought that that was way beyond, somewhere way far in the distant future. But here we are living in this day. God has chosen us to be in 2024. And I sense the Lord is wanting us, regardless of where we are on the continuum of expecting him, He's going to elevate. Say, I'm going to declare and, de declare and decree. He's going to elevate our expectation of what he's going to do this year. Amen? Amen. And I'm going to talk about a woman who was desperate and she had a need for a move of God. Anyone here desperate and need a move of God? Do we have any people like that? And her faith, because of her condition, she had... Uh, visited several, she was sick for, they said 12 years, you know where I'm going. Sick for 12 years in a hemorrhage that was taking place in her body. She had seen the doctors, but she came to a place where she heard about a man called Jesus. She reasoned in herself, if I touch this man, some of you are natural, if I touch Jesus, maybe today is not today, but tomorrow, if I touch Jesus, Things gonna change. Anybody in that, in that, things gonna change. I know about the doctors. I know about the specialists. I know about what they said. I've had x-rays. I've gone from doctor to doctor. But if I get a hold of this Jesus, <laughs> something is gonna happen. Brother, I'll take that with water. I got two of them here. Let's read it. Starting at verse 25, Mark 5, 25. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding, chronic, chronic hemorrhage she had for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care 
of many doctors and had spent all, say all, she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. It's one thing to spend your money and you get better. It's another thing to spend all your money and things are worse. This was her situation. Now to appreciate the text, it's important we pause to enter into this story to really see the plight of this woman. First thing to note is that she was an outcast. According to the laws of ritual purity, Leviticus 15, she was considered unclean and anyone who touched her or anything that she touched was unclean. Therefore, she was not able to move freely in the square. Now, how she sustained herself, the Bible doesn't say. But boy, that had to have been a challenge. Also, because of this excessive hemorrhage, she had to have been anemic. And for those of you who have experienced anemia, you know what comes with that. There's, there's weakness, there's lightheadedness, there's shortness of breath. So this is the background here. Here's this woman who Jesus is just getting off the boat from the other side of the lake. He's already surrounded by a crowd. And then you have Jairus. She's not even the feature yet. You have Jairus, whose daughter's dying, who approached Jesus and begged him to come heal his daughter. So Jesus said yes, he's on his way to go to his house, but this woman steps in, uh, uh, in back of him. Verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, this, this is what a faith, she, she thought this, if I just touch his clothes, I, I don't even have to touch him, I just need to touch a piece of his garment. That's all I need. This is faith. This is faith, church. I just need a piece of his garment. <laughs> and she repeated it. The, the scripture says, or, or the commentaries, when you study this passage of scripture, she was saying it, Pastor Melvin, over and over. If I can just but touch. If I can just touch. If I, she was saying, if I can just touch. You see how important our words are? <laughs> she wasn't just thinking it. The word said that she was saying it out loud. If I can but touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. There's no, maybe I'll be healed, or I have a chance at being healed. Say, I'm going to be healed. That's what you call faith. Immediately, the scripture says in verse 29, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from suffering. Right away. At once, in verse 30, at once Jesus realized that power, say power. There's power in Jesus. Had gone out from him. Now, think of this. He was surrounded by several, maybe hundreds of people. So, you know, all of a sudden, this one woman who touched not him but his garment, all of a sudden, some power was exacted on him or came from him. So this is what Jesus did. He turned around to the crowd and asked, who touched me? Or who touched, not me, who touched my clothes? Who touched me? And the disciples gave what I consider to be kind of a rational response, but they were like being smaller, smaller like so he said, they were being smart with him. He said, Jesus, are you kidding me? Who touched you? Do you see all these people around you? And they're running up a side. Not, not only are they touching each other, but they're touching, leaning up to you. And you're going to ask us who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it because he knew, no, 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 no. This wasn't an ordinary touch. Oh, no, this wasn't just a regular somebody knocked up. See, something came out of me. And the spirit didn't reveal to him what had happened or who did it either. The scripture doesn't say that. He didn't know who touched him. He knew he had been touched. He didn't know who it was. 
And then all of a sudden, then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Amen. Now, the new year is a pivotal year when we make attempts to reset our lives and pursue new goals. It represents a time when expectations for the future are higher than at any point in the given calendar year. However, we find that as the days and months pass, the elevated expectations, our bold proclamations, our heightened sense that something good is going to happen, we had at the beginning of the year, it begins to fade. Church, they said that 80% of people who make New Year's resolutions at the beginning of the year, they abandon them by February. Amen. They abandon them. They're gone. How many of you have made resolutions this year? It's still in January, though. (laughs) But we're going to expect whatever we sense that the Lord has uh, uh, said to us to reset our lives by the help of the Holy Spirit and Jesus, we're going to follow through. Say, I'm going to follow through. So this year, God is going to, I declare and decree that God is going to renew and sustain our trust and hope in him and stir within us an expectation that those things that he promised shall indeed come to pass. The Apostle Paul reminds us that for no matter how many promises God has made, they are, what are they? Yes, in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us through the glory of God. So I want to focus this morning on how we can raise our expectations of God and receive the promises he desires to give us in 2024. Now, the Greek for expectation is el peace, el peace. That's your one Greek word for the day. You know, so I can sound smart. I'm not. (laughs) But I can sound, no, it is a Greek. I love the, uh, the definition, though. It means to anticipate and usually with pleasure. It is a strong belief or conviction that something will happen or you will get something that you want. How many of you are familiar with the Clark Sisters? It's a gospel singing group. They came out with a hit in the 1980s, Expect a Miracle. And it went something like, I expect a miracle. I expect the impossible. I believe the intangible. I see the invisible. And then it said, the sky is the limit for what I can have. The sky is the limit for what I can have. Just believe and receive it. God will perform it today. Hey, 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 just believe and receive it. God will perform it today. I expect a miracle every day. God will make a way. Sing it out of no way. I expect a miracle every day. God will make a way. Out of no way, just believe and receive it. God will perform it today. Hallelujah. <laughs> just believe and receive. There's something about when seemingly just reading the word is good, but then when you open your mouth and begin to sing the word, something just turns on inside of your spirit. Amen. Anyone like that? Sometimes we need the song to come forth and it adds some flavor. The worship begins to go forth and seemingly it captures our heart and it commands our soul. So you're going to worship God today. Whether you want to or not, you're going to worship God. Whether you're feeling like it or not, you're going to worship God today. Now, let's go into our text and see how the woman with the issue of blood raised her expectation in faith and received her miracle. First, 
Her determination to touch Jesus, church, was fueled by what we call expectant faith. Expectant faith. Now, believing and trusting faith, it gets me into heaven. I believe in the Christian tenets, okay, the uh, Christian living. I believe in that. I believe uh, that in trusting God's goodness. I believe that. Okay, that, that gets me to heaven. I've confessed Jesus as my Lord and Savior, Savior. But how many of you know that there are many of us that believe, but we're not walking in the power that God has for us? We're not expecting anything. Let me say that again. We believe God. We have the jargon. We, we have the words, and we even speak some of the words, but we really, when you really examine it, church, please help me. We don't really expect anything to happen. We don't expect God to do some of the things that we declare that he's going to do. Because you know what? If we did expect him, we would act like it. <laughs> Every day. We, 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 it's not in front of us. It hasn't been manifested. But we begin to live our lives in a different way. I know I didn't get it yet. But I'm expecting it. Amen. Like the, the folks who, you know, win, they're called down uh, on the Price is Right. And they start screaming and yelling. Why? Because there's expectation. And I'm not saying that we, the Lord uh, is saying that we need to be screaming and yelling, but in our hearts, we're living our lives, we're making preparations for the things that God has promised to us. Now, expecting faith involves bold and risky action. S say this, it can be messy. I'm going to say the, 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 the word that most folks hate, it takes a risk, it's risky, Expecting faith is risky. It can cost you your, reputa your reputation. It can cost you your status. It strains relationships with family and friends. It strains relationships. Because sometimes when God speaks, church, you got to be careful who you share it with because they will look at you like you have a third head. What are you talking about? You said the Lord said what? Now, some things, they shouldn't look at you. If it doesn't line up with the word, they should look at you like you have a third head. <laughs> But some things the Lord speaks, it requires you to step out into areas that can be pretty risky. And if God should not show up, there's trouble city. But the thing that we can be assured of, that if we're stepping out in faith and say you're, you're wrong, God's going to turn it around and work it to your good. Amen. Because we're his sons and daughters. He's not out to punish us because we're warning and we have to grow to walk in faith. Okay, it's not a straight line. We will make mistakes, but I would rather make a mistake walking by faith than to play a complacent, boring life, safe life. I want to see God in his fullness in my life. And whatever God has for me, whatever my destiny is, I want to step out into that. Amen? 32 years ago, God called me to step out in faith and move from familiar surroundings in Buffalo, New York. Wonderful job. Everything going great. But the Lord said, it's time to move. <laughs> say, it's time to move. You say you believe me? You say you want to be a man that walks in faith and destiny? It's time to move. And it took him a couple of years to get me to that place where I was confident that it was time to move. Then he revealed where I was supposed to come. I was supposed to come to Virginia Beach. And I started saying, I'm going to Virginia Beach. I'm going to Virginia Beach. I'm going to work at CBN, and I'm going to go to school at Regent. I'm going to, and it wasn't me. It was the Spirit of the Lord had put this in my heart. Make a long story short, um, the contracts uh, came out for my employer, former employer. And I said, well, I can't sign it because I'm leaving. That's how convinced I was 
Now, for some, that sounds foolish. For me, it was faith. But I thank God for my check. I shared it with my wife. I said, honey, I'm not signing a contract. She said, well, sweetheart, she said, you go down. She said, and I believe it's God, but you go down, and when you get a job, we'll come with you. That's, that's fair, isn't it? Thank God for our wives, amen? <laughs> so, again, never make steps like that without the agreement of your spouse. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm willing to make the faith move, but I need you to confirm that this is you. How many of you know you don't have to make it up? When you say that God said something, it's up to him to prove it. I don't have to make it happen. I said, Lord, I'm just trying to move by your spirit. And I'm willing. I showed him that I was willing. So I said, now for us to go down, I said, Lord, you need to find me a job. And if it's, it's supposed to be by July 1st, because the contract starts July 1st, Lord, I need a job by then. May went past, Pastor. June went past. Well, no, May went past, June came. I got a call out of the blue from Regent University. At that time, there was a freeze in hiring. But somehow, a job was created for me. <laughs> Again, willing to step out. And I said, Lord, you know, I, I don't have anything to prove. I'm just trying to hear you and do it. Some of you, under my voice here today, you're bored. You're not happy. You, don't, you sense that your life is stale. And the Lord said, it's time for you to move. It's time for you to put your foot out, not only in the water, but step into the water. Amen? And once you do that, guess what? At some point in your faith walk, he's going to call you to do the same thing. Okay, and it's different ways, but my point is this, is risky. And you always get counsel when you do it, but speak to someone who's a person of faith. Don't speak to someone who listens to the intellect. Well, speak to someone who has walked by faith and knows what it's like, a lonely place, amen, when you're waiting on God to move, amen, but get some counsel for your life, amen, because if not, it can be very destructive, but either way, God's going to be with you. Expecting faith is persistent. Matthew 7, 8, Jesus said, for everyone who asks, keep asking. If you don't hear a no from the Spirit, keep asking, <laughs> If you don't hear him say no, okay, there's a, it's okay. Keep on asking him. You will receive the word said. Jesus also said this, the one who seeks or keeps seeking. Say keep seeking. You're going to find. And the one who knocks, the, the scripture says, keep knocking. The door is going to be open. That's a yes and amen promise. Say yes and amen to that promise. Now, the woman with the issue of blood, she could have stopped her pursuit of healing. After going to all those doctors and she got worse, she could have gotten discouraged and said, I'm going home to die. She said, no way. I'm going to try this man Jesus out. Matter of fact, not only am I going to try him out, I'm going to get healed from him. Again, she reasoned, that's what she said in herself, that this is what's going to happen. Canaanite woman, the Syrophoenician woman, you know the story. She asked Jesus to heal her demon-possessed daughter, and we're talking about persistence. And Jesus said, it's not appropriate to give the children's bread to the dogs. And you know her response? She said, even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. Jesus said, what kind of faith is this? What? Say what? <laughs> say what? Say, say what? <laughs> That's what he said. And Jesus responded and said, woman, you have great faith. Come on, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. How many of us are waiting, or the Lord is waiting for us to give him a, a, a response that says, that's my son. 
That's my daughter. Look at the straight state. But, but they believe in me. Look at their desperate straight. But they believe in me. And his response is, your faith has made you whole. Expectant faith taps into the supernatural realm. Expectant faith taps into the supernatural realm. She was the only one in the crowd. This woman was the only one out of hundreds of folks surrounding him and touching him that got his attention and that extracted divine power to change her circumstance. Jesus said to her in verse 34, daughter, again, your faith has healed you. Now, I want want you to take note of something. In both of these cases, with the Canaanite woman and the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus did not touch them physically. In most cases, when you read the account of Jesus' ministry or ministering, he touched them, the lame, the blind, he touched them. In this case, it said their faith touched him. You see, their faith touched him. It was so great, he didn't need to touch them, okay? And God wants us to move in that where we don't need anyone to lay hands. You don't need anyone to lay hands on you. It's good when that happens. But when you're in your bed at night at 2 o'clock in the morning and you're suffering in your body, your faith reaches out and touches the throne of God. Amen? When you're in mental distress and the, the enemy is tormenting you, your faith lays hold of God to change your circumstance. Can you say yes and amen to that promise? Amen. I want to give you three ways to raise your expectations. And I want the worship team to prepare to come. Three ways. Say three. Now I can give you a bunch more. I don't have time. I'm going to give you three. The first is in this year, 2024, we must vocalize our expectations to God. We must open our mouths. How many of you know that God created the heavens and the earth and everything that God created? What did he do? He didn't think it. Maybe he thought it, but something came out of his mouth. We are created in the image of God, and we are created to speak. That's why the word of God said, life and death are in the power of the what? It's in our words. It's what we declare. We believe. What we believe in our hearts, it is declared. It comes out of our mouth. It's not just our thoughts. This is why I love when Pastor Dan says, uh, don't, don't just say your prayers. Don't think your prayers, pray your prayers. Open our mouths to declare what the Lord has said in his word. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, Jesus said, whatever you ask for in prayer, not what you think you want, what are you asking for? Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, expect that you have received it and it will be yours. Mark 17, 20 says, Jesus said, say Jesus said, Mustard seed faith empowers you to speak to the mountain and it would move. But not only that, in church, I want to say this. I didn't say this. These are some pretty remarkable promises. I didn't say this. Say, Jesus said it. Say, Jesus said it. Then he followed up and said, nothing. Say, nothing. Now, if you study nothing in the Greek, you study it in the Spanish, you study it in the Hebrew, you study it in whatever language, the French, nothing means nothing. (laughs) Nothing means nothing. So what he's saying, all things are possible when the power of God steps into it. (laughs) Hallelujah. Everything, which everything, (laughs) everything is possible 
when the Spirit of God is tapped into. And just think the grace that God has given us as his people to tap into his power. Now I realize there are those who don't believe that God is healing today. <laughs> that he doesn't deliver today. But we're Pentecostal folks. Pastor Dan preached the message that he was glad he's Pentecostal. Well, I'm glad I'm Baptocostal. <laughs> because I believe in the power, in the moving of the Spirit of God. I believe it because I grew up on it. And I've, I've seen the power of God move. I've seen people who would come off the street, wrapped in oppressed and sin, leave free. I've seen God move. I've watched him heal sick bodies. I've watched him answer prayers and enter in my situation in supernatural ways. So I stand here in 2024, said God is alive and the power of God is waiting to enter into our situations and our circumstances. And he's waiting for his sons. He's waiting for his daughters to put their cup out. And say, Lord, fill it. Say, Lord, fill it. Lord, come and have your way. Number two, sow words, thoughts, and actions that produce life. Sow words. Sow thoughts. Let's watch what we think. Sometimes we can get off, but thank God for his word. Thank God for his spirit, which recalibrates our thinking. Life can buffet us. Life can cause us to get into doldrums. And when we're there in that valley, we can begin to think and, and speak things that are not biblical. Or they don't line up with the promises of God. Thank God for his spirit that commands our soul to worship him. <laughs> our soul to worship him amen and then when that happens when we join in when the spirit is stirring within us that's why it's so good to come as a corporate body because sometimes we come in here ailing oppressed and we hear the saints of God praising and something happens in our heart and our spirit and we join in and then our spirit is ruling <laughs> and we're saying flesh oh no I'm not leaving this place without a move of God in my life. Number three, and final point, our worshipers are here. Come, why don't you come? You don't have to stand back there. Number three, act like you have received whatever you asked for. Yeah, act like it. Look at your neighbor and say, act like it. If you believe it, if you expect it, then act like you do. The, the, the woman with the issue of blood, and she, before she was even healed, she was acting like it. She was putting words out there, but she was pursuing him. Think of this. She could have actually received the death sentence because she wasn't supposed to be out there. She wasn't thinking about that. She said, oh no, I got to be healed. I've been cooped up for 12 years. I'm going to get my healing today. It's worth the risk. Say it's worth the risk. <laughs> it's worth the risk. Some things is worth the risk. Because on the other side is our breakthrough. <laughs> Amen. So she would say, it's worth, worth, worth the risk of being shunned by the people. And I'm willing to take it. 
Amen. The Lord is calling some of you to take that risk. Amen. I want to end with this story. Some of you have heard it before, I'm sure. It's about a drought that was in the Midwest. It was a bad one. And it had rain. And of course, it was affecting their livelihood. Maybe it was around when you were there, Pastor Wayne. I don't know. And it was so bad, so severe that the faith leaders in the city said, we're going to come together. We're going to gather our congregations and we're going to pray. <laughs> we're going to pray. We're going to expect God to do something. We need rain. The land is parched. Everything is dried up. Anybody experienced that dried up? The land is parched in your life, circumstances, family, job, whatever. It needs some rain. Say, I need some rain, Lord. And they were told, uh, the folks were told, the church was told, each of the congregations were told to bring something which represented, was a symbol of their faith. Some, they came in with Bibles. Others had um, rosaries. Others had, you know, they had a cross, all these things. And they came together and they began to pray. And as they prayed, the people prayed, it began to sprinkle. <laughs> but this is what stands out about the story. There was a young girl by the age, uh, she was eight, nine years old, nine years old, little kid, full of faith. You know what she had? She had an umbrella. <laughs> she had an umbrella. Because they told her that we're going to pray to Almighty God. We're going to pray to a faithful God. It hasn't rained in a long time and we are hurting and we need rain. And the little girl reasoning herself, well, I better bring my umbrella. <laughs> how, how many of you are ready to put your umbrellas up? Stand with me, church. Stand with me. Please stand with me. In 2024, God not only wants us to say that we believe him, say that we trust him but in this first Sunday of the month in this first Sunday of the year I want you to come to this altar and I want you to envision that you have your umbrella of faith over you because of what you're expecting from God not next week not not two months from now you need it today say today Lord I need a move of the Spirit today Lord for some, it's been 15 years, 20 years, one year. It doesn't matter how much. God, I need you to move. So today, Lord, I'm going to put my umbrella up by faith. Symbolizing my expectation that the God of heaven is going to be moved. And whatever the circumstances, God, I receive it today.